Good morning to Radhakala Chandi Dam. Good morning to all of the assembled devotees, those that we see with our material eyes and those that we do not see, but they are there. If we but had transcendental eyes for the moment, we'd know that we are surrounded. Even if this room were completely physically empty of humans, we would still have the deities, the demigods. Whenever Krishna Kata is spoken, they are there. Today is May 25th. We are reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 1, Chapter 7, and Text 25. But before we read from the scriptures, we always like to give proper honors to your love by singing Jayarada Madhava. wants to play the Madanga, feel free to do so. Jayarada Madhava Unjabihari Jayarada Madhava Kunjabihari Jaya Gopi Janavalaba Kirivaradari Jaya Gopi Janavalaba Kirivaradari Yashura Nandana Brajacharanjanan Yashura Nandana Brajachara Ranjanan Yamunatira Vanachari Yamunatira Vanachari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jaya Gopi Janavalaba Kirivaradari Jaya Gopi Janavalaba Kirivaradari 
Jai Gopi Janavalaba Kivaradari Tiravanachari Yamuna Tiravanachari Jayarada Madhava Kunjabihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jaya Gopi Janavallabha Kirivaradhari Jai Gopi Janavallabha Kiriparadari Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Jaya Radha Kala Chanji Radha Kala Chanji Radhe Jaya Jaya Jagannath 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 Jaya Jaya Jagannath Jaya Jagannath Jaya Jaya Baladev, 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 Jaya Jaya Baladev, 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 Jaya Jaya, Jaya Jaya Subhadra, 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 Jaya Jaya Subhadra. Jaya Gornitai, 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 Jaya Jaya Gornitai. Nitai Goro Haribo, 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 Nitai Goro Haribo.
Jai Shri 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 Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai Jai Shri Shri Radhakala Chanji Dham Ki Jai It is always an op- a very auspicious opportunity and a blessing to be able to come together in association, especially now during this temporary pandemic. It is also something that Srila Prabhupada requests that we do as often as possible. Have the association or take the association of other devotees, those that are like-minded, those that are striving and staying on the path, it is very important that we relish these moments and not take them lightly. These are not light times that are happening. And I think every time we pick up the scripture, whenever we have an opportunity, it is always exactly what we need to hear when we need to hear it. But the other important thing to do is while we are in our positions of uh, sheltering within or social distancing, we should also be looking out for other people. Pick up a phone and call someone. Check on someone else. Especially when we're in these moments of doom and depression, it just totally removes you from that situation when you look out for someone else. And besides, we are one big family. The body bags that we're in, the what do they used to call them, the bag of bones, it's just a bag of bones. They have different colors, different features, different tongues, but we're all one big family. And if we've never realized that before, now is the time to realize it. And the other thing I wanted to remember, remind is that we should count our blessings, not just be totally enthralled with what's going on TV and the radio Count your blessings, and when you really do, and you take time to listen and see what Krishna's done for you, then no matter what's going on in the world, not that it won't affect you, but it won't affect you in the way that it's affecting most people. Take quiet time with Krishna. So today I'm hoping that something that is being read to you or said will stick with you. That is the purpose, one of the many purposes of reading from the scriptures to share the knowledge given to us ultimately by the Lord. We're on chapter 7, and it's the discussion of Drona being punished, uh, the son of Drona being punished, and we're covering text 25. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Gnana Timarandasya Gnanjanan Chalatkaya Chakshun Militam Yena Tashmai Shri Guruve Namaha I was born in the darkest of ignorance. His spiritual master opened my eyes with the torch of knowledge. Offer my most humble respects to my spiritual master. Text 25. Tatiyam chavataraste buvo barajihi saishaya swanam chanaya bhavanam anuyanaya chakshakrit 
Sanitaya Chavata Raste Buvobara Jehishaya Swanam Chanaya Bavanam Anuria Yanaya Chakshakrit Tatayam Chavata Raste Buvobara Jehishaya Swanam Chanaya Bavanam Anuria Naya Chasakrit would anyone like to read that verse? Please feel free, Abus. Don't be shy. We're one big family, remember? Matajis. Tatayachavataraste. Uvo barajihishaya. Swanachayana bhavanam Anuyanaya chaksakrit Tata Thus I am This Cha And Avatar Incarnation Te your buva of the material world. Bara burden. Jehirshaya for removing Swavanam. I'm sorry. Swanam of the friends. The Anaya Bhavanam. And of the exclusive devotees. Anudhyanaya, for remembering repeatedly. Cha, and Asakrit, fully satisfied. Translation, thus you descend as an incarnation to remove the burden of the world and to benefit your friends, especially those who are your exclusive devotees and are wrapped in meditation upon you. Again. Thus you descend as an incarnation to remove the burden of the world and to benefit your friends, especially those who are your exclusive devotees and are enwrapped and are wrapped in meditation upon you. Purport. It appears that the Lord is partial to his devotees. Everyone is related with the Lord. He is equal to everyone. And yet, he is more inclined to his own men and devotees. The Lord is everyone's father. No one can be his father, and yet no one can be his son. His devotees are his kinsmen, and his devotees are his relations. This is his transcendental pastime. 
It has nothing to do with mundane ideas of relations, fatherhood, or anything like that. As mentioned above, the Lord is above the modes of material nature, and thus there is nothing mundane about his kinsmen and relations in devotional service. So, reading text 25 and the translation, if one's first taking to the Srimad Bhagavatam, you would think, oh, what is this? The Lord has an exclusive club of special devotees that he caters to? That's the benefit of reading the scriptures more than once. It's amazing how many points of interest you can pick up when you go back and you read the scriptures again, as I did. I think this will be the third time that I have read the Srimad Bhagavatam, and each time I'm getting different information, even though it's right in front of me, it depends on the mindset, it depends on where your consciousness is, and it depends on whether or not you're really giving it your full attention. So think about the opportunities that we have that other countries do not have, where we can come together, we can discuss different religions, different aspects, and we're not bullied, we're not, there. there's nothing violent that anyone can uh, do against us. We have freedom of speech, long story short. When the Lord descends, he descends to protect his devotees. And he also has a responsibility of getting rid of the miscreants. And there is a section that I will read before we end, but I wanted to talk about um, this exclusive club. There are only certain ways that I can put it because once it's out the mouth, it's gone, so it has to be said properly. There was a situation that I remember, and we're talking about the scriptures and, and knowledge and what you are supposed to know and understand so that no one can come to you and say this or that without checking. But there was a situation when I first came to Krishna consciousness. Um, it was on a Sunday. It was a Sunday feast. And I was just finishing up helping with uh, serving out prasadam. So you have devotees that have taken diksha or have siksha, gurus, and as is the standard practice, the devotees sit around and talk. So 
I find that I can learn a lot by just dipping the lip and just listening. So the two devotees, a couple of pujaris were there, Brahmins, and a couple of the temple devotees were there discussing things, and one of the points they discussed, and I'm still going to stay on track eventually, but one of the points they were discussing is that if you are born in a family of Brahmins, you're automatically a Brahmin. And I'm going, okay, I, I'm, I've got really good common sense, and I'm thinking about this, and it's like the very beginning of coming into Krishna consciousness. And I thought about it. It's like there is nothing intellectual about it that doesn't even make sense because what that's saying is that Whatever your family is, you are. Well, we can talk about some of the pastimes and the karma your family brings. It affects the family. There's the old saying that uh, the sins of the parents are visited upon the children. Yes, your parents can have some effect on you, but as far as the position of Brahman, and we're still talking about knowledge in the scriptures, there is no such thing. Thing as being automatically a Brahmin, for instance. It's like saying that if your father or mother's a doctor, nurse, or some other professional, an engineer, just because they're that, you are. That doesn't make sense. So the point that was being made at the time was the Pujaris were explaining to this young man who came from a very pious family in the temple, local uh, pious family, they were explaining to him how sometimes unless you're getting the knowledge from the right source, you can become a little bit bewildered and you don't have to be a teenager or 20-year-old to be bewildered. When my brother-in-law, who since passed away, came to share Krishna consciousness with me, we were talking about the Lord. And believe it or not, at that stage in my life, wife, mother, working individual, I thought I was intelligent, we had a conversation talking about God. And I was telling him how, gosh, there are things that we can do that the Lord will never know about. Now, I had gone through a particular religion. And even with that base or foundation, which was a good foundation, that was my understanding. And I'm just saying that to say we should always be open to a new perspective, a different perspective of knowledge. And I always say it, maybe too often, but here goes again. No matter who's sitting here, who's going through the scripture, Every single person is not going to parrot their thoughts, not exactly about what they're reading. So it's okay to have your own opinion as you read it, but what's important is that you keep the base of the foundation of the information. That is the essence. That is very important to have the essence. Um, the other point that I wanted to make in the scriptures is that the Lord does not have an exclusive club. 
this is how I understand it works. And I'm going to try to make it as transcendental as possible and stay away from the material realm. But the Lord has every single person, every single entity, crawling, sliding, walking, flying, whatever means of their getting around, we are all one big family. And the point here is, those that are intelligent, those that are intelligent enough to have free will and intelligence have the ability to make their choices. That being said, if there are devotees that are honoring the Lord, they're devoted to the Lord, they're serving the Lord, they're doing all the right things, they're following the principles. And you've got this group over here, same opportunities, same knowledge, and they choose to do different. The Lord is going to give his attention to that group that is following the religious principles. Not that he is not loving the other group, because he loves us all. He loves every single individual based on what you bring to him. It's like a parent. And see, that's the material part I didn't want to get into because it is nothing like the material family relationship that we see where the parent loves one child and, and doesn't love another. Not like that. This is a transcendental relationship where the Lord takes care of his own. True, we are all his. But when you have the opportunity to follow his guidelines and you choose not to, well, you take your time coming around. But in the meantime, those that are following, the Lord's giving them special attention, special mercy. There is no discrimination with the Lord. None. Absolutely none. If you were born in India... That doesn't mean that the Lord only loves those that were born in India. There's a special responsibility one has when they have the knowledge that uh, comes from being born in India. That is one of the statements that I read in the scriptures. But the point is, it just doesn't matter. Lord does not discern any of the individual's based on who you are and what your family is. But he does favor his own. The Lord does take care of his own. He has never lied. He always takes care of his own. If you don't believe it, have a little bit of faith, just tiny enough, like a mustard seed, and try having a conversation with the Lord. Have one of those really challenging moments, you know, where you just kind of ball up and you don't talk to anyone and, that's the way you stay until you're out of that mood. Take that moment and talk to the Lord. The Maha Mantra is not the only way we pray. We have a personal relationship with the Lord. Talk to him. Just a little bit about me. I came to Krishna consciousness with a series of issues, physical, health issues, chronic, 
And I never imagined that, you know, there would be times where I would have peace of mind or peace of body, but recently doing one of the storms, the barometric pressure has an extreme effect on my body, really extreme. And I thought, well, why don't I talk to God and ask him to, if it's his mercy, to let me get through this, and if he wants me to experience this and then be done with it, fine. And I made my personal prayer, and I had a little bit of faith. And trust me, it gets stronger and stronger, but I had a little bit. And before the prayer was out of my mouth, I didn't have anything to pray about because it was gone. The point I'm making is the Lord has so much to give us. He wants to give us so much. But because of our whatever reasons, we choose not to accept it. We are children of the most omnipotent, powerful God. Everything he owns. There is no need for us to want for anything. There is no need for us to want excessively things that we don't need. Because they cause problems. But the point is, we have the ability, the opportunity to take association of the Lord. To be blessed with devotees that are honoring the path of devotional service. Don't take it lightly. Especially now. You may be having a a really good moment. It changes. The time changes. I'm trying to think of, um, what is it? And I love this verse. 12, is it 214? Uh, if I don't say it fast, I don't remember it. But the point is, the seasons are change. Happiness and distress, they come and they go. You don't ask for them. The point is, don't be so upset. Don't be so torn apart. Don't be upset about it. Don't let it trouble you. Because those things will happen. What stays constant is the Lord. He's always a constant. Anything I can tell you today is, no matter what's going on, no matter who your associates are, Understand your relationship with the Lord and never let go his lotus feet. You are definitely going to be challenged when you become a devotee. You think it's going to be easy. Oh, I took diksha. Guru has taken all my karma. That is going to, that's similar to that fan that's turning and you pull the plug. Well, that fan's still going to turn. And we're talking about an eternal fan that's gone through many, many lifetimes. He will take it away. But the point is, we have an obligation to serve this God-conscious mission. And we should take it seriously, especially now. And I'm not going to keep harping on that. But the point is, you have free will. We make mistakes. We're here in this material world. We made a mistake. We thought we were God. And just like a parent, a parent gives you the toy to play with until it runs out, we've been given an opportunity to play it out, out our karma, to 
understand who we are, who the Lord is, what our relationship is to the Lord, and that we are the servants. He's not our servant. We don't go to the Lord like you're going to uh, Mickey D's or, or what is it, Burger King, and, and just give him a list of orders. I want this, 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 this. No, you don't. Because the more you have, the more issues you have. Okay, I'm getting off track again. But uh, back to text 25. It speaks of the point at which the Lord descends. And he descends when the irreligious activities have hit the peak. Just like during the time when Lord Chaitanya came and uh, Dwaita Acharya prayed to him. These are, I mean, at those times, those are, that, those are special times. This is Kali Yuga. Not that the Lord isn't with us, but the Lord descends in different personalities, different incarnations, different places, depending on what those people in those particular locations can handle. Now, that's there's a lot more to that, but the point I wanted to make was the descent of the Lord in chapter... In, uh, Bhagavad Gita, chapter 4, text 7. I wanted to read that to you. And then we will stop, but... Yada yada haidamasha glanir bhavati bharata adyutanam ramasha tadatmanam srijami aham. Whenever and wherever there is a decline in religious principles, O descendant of Bharat, and a predominant rise of irreligion, at that time I descend myself. And we don't know, we can't just call up the Lord right now in Kali Yuga and say, come down. There is a specific time that this will occur. But the point is, Whatever's going on, the Lord has not forgotten anyone in this world. Some of the things we're experiencing now is population or group karma. There are different things that have gone on in different parts of the world, and we're experiencing it in different ways. That's some of our karma. We can't say, God, why are you doing this? He didn't do anything. He's maintaining you. He's helping to keep you sane while this is going on. I'm sorry, I'm getting back away from this. But... In the text, the word shrajam is significant here. Shrajami cannot be used in the sense of creation because according to the previous verse, there is no creation of the Lord's form or body since all of the forms are eternally existent. Therefore, shrajami means that the Lord manifests himself as he is. Although the Lord appears on schedule and he always appears on schedule, namely at the end of Dwarpa Yuga at of the 28th millennium of the 7th Manu in one day of Burma, he has no obligation to adhere to such rules and regulations because he is completely free to act in many ways at his will. He therefore appears by his own will whenever there is a predominance of irreligiosity and a disappearance of true religion. Principles of religion are laid down in the Vedas, and any discrepancy in the matter of properly executing the rules of the Vedas, makes one 
irreligious. Again, any discrepancy in the matter of properly executing the rules of the Veda makes one irreligious. In the Bhagavatam, it is stated that such principles are the laws of the Lord. Only the Lord can manufacture a system of religion. The Vedas are also accepted as originally spoken by the Lord himself as Brahma from within his heart. Therefore, the principles of Dharma or religion are the direct orders of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The Matu Shakshad Bhagavad Pranitam. These principles are clearly indicated throughout the Bhagavad Gita. The purpose of the Vedas is to establish such principles under the order of the Supreme Lord. And the Lord directly orders at the end of the Gita that the highest principle of religion is to surrender unto him only and nothing more. And sometimes that's our biggest challenge, letting go and letting God. We think we lose something when in actuality you're gaining so much more than you could ever possibly imagine. The Vedic principles push one towards complete surrender unto him, and whenever such principles are disturbed by the demoniac, the Lord appears. One more point I want to make, and then we'll end. Therefore, each and every avatar or incarnation of the Lord has a particular mission, and they are all described in the revealed scriptures. No one should be accepted as an avatar unless he is referred to by scriptures. It is not a fact that the Lord appears only on Indian soil. He can manifest himself anywhere and everywhere and whenever he desires to appear. In each and every incarnation, he speaks as much about religion as can be understood by the particular people under their particular circumstances. But the mission is the same, to lead people to God consciousness and obedience to the principles of religion. Sometimes he descends personally. And sometimes he sends his bona fide representative in the form of his son or servant or himself in some disguised form. I don't know that we can say Lord Chaitanya was a very disguised form. Those that knew godliness knew who he was. And that was the most recent time that the Lord ascended to this planet. He gave us such simple instructions of chanting the Maha Mantra. Taking Diksha, the rules are not hard and fast. No meat eating. No gambling. No intoxication. No illicit sex. Take shelter of the holy name. Chant the Maha Mantra. Have association of devotees. Study the Vedas, take prashadam. We should be chanting more than 16 rounds a day as a, as a lead-in to taking diksha. But the Lord is so kind. And Srila Prabhupada said himself, you know, 
Okay, 16 rounds. The achari is chanted many times over. It has been made very simple and simplistic for us. It cannot get any simpler. If it is complicated, it's because we're complicating it. As far as reading the scriptures, based on all the things that are going on, even if it's a pandemic, people are finding themselves still busy. But still, if you can commit to one paragraph a day, read it. Start somewhere. And if things are so overwhelming, start with one line a day. What will happen is you will develop a taste for what you're reading, and eventually you'll start reading more. Sometimes you have to take baby steps. It doesn't work all the time to hit an individual with all the, this is what you got to do, that's what you got to do. When you're coming into Krishna consciousness, you have to come in where you are. Some will come in and be able to chant 16 rounds, do the books, distribution, works. Not everybody's like that. So never, ever give up on yourself. Never, ever follow anything or anyone blindly. And stay on the devotional path. Don't veer from it. There are so many wonderful things that the Lord has in store for us still even in the midst of everything that's going on. Stay on the devotional path. If you're having issues with it, develop some type of association with another devotee, a senior devotee, and talk it out. Talk it over. This is a great time to be on the phone talking. Especially when those of us are working at home and we're done and phone's there. It makes your day to have Krishna in it. Krishna should be the center of all of your activities. And when he is, everything else falls into place. And again, the point in text 25 again is, thus you descend as an incarnation to remove the burden of the world and to benefit your friends especially those who are your exclusive devotees and are wrapped in meditation upon you. Don't misunderstand when you hear someone saying that the Lord appears partial to his devotees. He's not partial. He doesn't discriminate. He loves each and every one of us. Understand that. Take shelter of his holy name. Stay on the devotional path. Does anyone have any comments relative to what was read? Something you want to share? Anyone, feel free. I'm your target. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for coming. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Gaur Pamananda. Hari Hari.